Good evening, everyone. What a joy. We're so glad you're here tonight. It's Good Friday service. Trust the Lord that you'll be here for one of the great Easter Sunday morning services this coming weekend. Before we move into the communion table tonight, I'd like to read a text from Galatians chapter 6, verse 14. Galatians 6, verse 14, where the Apostle Paul said, As for me, God forbid that I should boast about anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. It doesn't make any difference now whether we have been circumcised or not. What counts is whether we really have been changed into new and different people. May God's mercy and peace be upon all those who live by this principle. They are the new people of God. And in verse 17, Paul said, For I bear on my body the scars that show I belong to Jesus. Between Galatians 6.1 and 6.13, Paul addressed four things. He talked about restoring those who need restoration, verse 1 to 5, being generous with those who teach us the word, the laws of sowing and reaping, verse 7 to 10, and three impure motives of a preacher who cares and boasts more about approval, numbers, and circumcision than the gospel of salvation by faith. And then in verse 14, our text, Paul says these words, God forbid that I should boast about anything except the cross of Jesus. Why is Paul so emphatic about the cross of Jesus? Because of what the cross makes new in every person here tonight. How many of you know that God is able to make new from something old? About five hours ago, about, yeah, about five hours ago, Pastor Unhi and I were out. Uh, we have these patio blocks, so about two, two by two. There's about 18 of them leading from the driveway up to the front door. And uh, the last couple of years, uh, Pastor's been saying something like, uh, you know, we need, we need either a new sidewalk, we need two patio blocks. And every time I get ready to go to Home Depot or, and get those two, I, I go there and I, and I lift one. And I think uh, 18 times... Uh, I suddenly get a backache when I think about things like that. So, so the last few days, uh, Pastor Oney's been saying, you know, uh, maybe we could scrub them. And I say something like, does we mean you or we or me? What, 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 does that mean me or we? And so the, this idea came into our mind. I guess today it finally got through. Uh, uh, we, got the, we got a power washer because these patio blocks have been there for around 15, 16 years and uh, there, some of them are just dirty, and some of them are like, darker dirty, and some of them are really brown. Some of them are green. And a few days ago, I, during the rain, I went out on, the, on, on one of those, and I slipped and fell. So I thought, maybe this, today's the day. So I got the power washer cranked up, and I started with the first one by the driveway. It was amazing. Transformation. It was like a dirty shirt in a washing machine with a bottle of Tide. It was just, it was awesome. And so I was around the fourth or fifth, and of course, then uh, Uni comes out, and she says, I want to do this. So she got the wand, and oh, she went crazy. I tell you, she, she got on one, she got on another, and then, and then finally she, she, she handed it back to me, and I, and I finished all the way up to the front door, and a little while later, uh, Pastor Uni comes out, and, and, and I'm there. Uh, I had to spray her off just for a moment, and I heard her say one word. The word was, Wow. Everyone looks like brand new after 16 years of wear and tear and stuff coming down from the shrubs. God is able to take anyone's heart and make it new. And in this text, Paul said, we have 
because of the grace of God and the cross of Jesus that we celebrate tonight, Paul said four things, and I just want to drop them in your heart and see what the Holy Spirit may be saying to you. First of all, Paul said we have a new freedom in verse 14. He said, as for me, God forbid that I should boast about anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of that cross, my interest in this world died long ago. What does the scripture mean that the cross has power to crucify the world unto us and us unto the world? This is what it means. It's something liberating. It means the cross has power to crucify the world's power over us. The cross has the power to crucify our carnal nature that is bent on living for things outside of God's approval. And the cross has the power to harness and lasso and constrain and restrict every desire that's contrary to Jesus. In other words, faith in the cross of Jesus releases God's power to pour out grace and give us freedom and power over sin. In other words, verse 14, because of the cross, Paul said, my interest in this world has died means two things. Think of this. The more that we contemplate on what occurred at the cross, the more that we are inspired to live for the one who died there. And secondly, the more that we consider the sufferings of Jesus, the less we are attracted to the lesser things around us, things that are temporary and things that are passing. This is the theology of the song, the cross before me and the world behind me. Simply, the more that we honor the cross and what it stands for, think of this, the less we become enamored and addicted to substitutes, vain attractions, and lesser things. So God frees us to live, frees us to live for, for, for the world to come and not for this world that fades away. How many of you thank God that God has the power to free us? Jesus said it himself, I believe in John 8, 32, ye shall know the truth and the truth shall what? Set us free. Free us from what? Free us from ourselves. Secondly, Paul said we have a new heart. Can you say the word Heart. The heart, for in Christ Jesus, verse 15, neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but a new creature. What is a new creature? It's what a person is who is saved at the cross. In Christ Jesus, a new creature simply means this. The cross has power to create a new heart and a new nature in everybody here tonight. The cross has power to give a, a repentant sinner a brand new spirit. The cross has power to rule our actions and decisions and affections and attention. The cross has power, most of all, to create a new heart, a new disposition, a new, with new values, a new joy, new meaning, new purpose, a new hope. My parents were shocked. I mean, they were just, you should have seen the look on their face. When I got off the airplane after giving my heart to the Lord, reading a gospel track, I came home and told my parents what happened. My mother said, it will never last. My, mother, my, fa my father said, you're crazy. And my brother said, you are a fool. They were shocked. Shocked in 74 when Jesus created a new heart in their teenager. Some called me Bill, some called me Billy, some, my grandmother called me Bill Bill, but they just couldn't believe it. I went from John Lennon of the Beatles to Jesus. I went from Billy Joel to Billy Graham, David Bowie to David Wilkerson. I went from Guns N' Roses to God and Moses. I went from Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young to Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. I went from Peter, Paul and Mary to the New Testament, Peter, Paul and Mary. 
I went from Prince to the Prince of Peace, Purple Rain to Holy Spirit Rain Down. Eric Clapton to clap your hands, all ye people. And my parents just could not understand it. They said, what's wrong with Bill? He wants to go to church. What's wrong with Billy? What's, Billy wants to see, he's going to get water baptized. Dale, do you want to go? No, I'm not going to go see him go underwater. They, they just couldn't understand. Bill's, Bill bought a Bible. Are you kidding me? Bill wants to pray at the table before meals. What are we going to do with Bill? Something's wrong with Bill. Bill even went out and bought a new suit. Bill doesn't wear suits. What's wrong with Bill? He wants to go to church on Sunday. He wants to learn on Wednesday. He goes on Sunday. Revival, he's at 14. What's wrong with Bill? They, they did not understand understand that God had created, was recreating and continues till today. He's created in all of us a new heart with new desire. How many of you thank God? God has the power to change any human heart that wants to be changed. Only God can do that. Then Paul said, we have a new peace. May God's mercy and peace be upon all those who live by this principle. They are the new people of God. What is the peace upon you? What is this? It's a peace and a calm on the inside of you that's based on the mercy of God. Mercy and then peace. It means the cross has power to give you peace with God through the sacrifice upon it. It means the cross has power to clear your conscience, remove all guilt, give you assurance that you're forgiven and salvation is yours. The cross has power to release the peace of God within your own heart. Think of it. The cross has power to remind you of your acceptance that, that will result in the fruit of peace instead of turmoil. In other words, in the context of Galatians 6, where Paul is correcting those preaching that circumcision is necessary for salvation, we are reminded that keeping the law of ceremonies and regulations and all the rules we call legalism can never relieve the guilty conscience. In fact, when Jesus died on the cross, he, shows us, he showed us two things. Number one, there's no such thing as a lost cause. The one thief woke up in the morning and thought, this is it. I've wasted my life. There's no hope. It's all over. All that's left to do is to die today. But it wasn't too late, late for the thief, and it's not too late for you, and it's not too late for your loved ones. Jesus will pursue us until our final breath. There's no such thing as a lost cause. Secondly, there's no such thing as working your way in. Think of it. On the cross on this day when Jesus died, Jesus said to the thief, today you'll be with me in paradise. No time to get his act together. No, no time to go to AA. No time to make all his, all, right all his wrongs. No time to rehabilitate. No time to contribute to society. No time to prove his worth and his value. No time to earn his way in. No time to measure his good works against his bad works. A new peace. Why? Because of the mercy of God, which is God not giving us what we deserve. How many of you thank God that God is merciful? How many of you thank God God has always been merciful to you? Thank God he has the root cause of all complaints is when a person feels like they're not getting what they deserve. And the truth of the matter is we don't want what we deserve. That's why a lot of you and myself, we probably, you're probably not as patient with whiners as you want to be. Because the truth of the matter is we really don't want what we deserve. When my daughter Bethany was about three or four years old, I'll never forget the, the, the time we stopped for ice cream, which were many times, and she, and she wanted her ice cream cone. 
Personally, I'm a chocolate guy. Pastor Unhing, all vanilla. I think Robbie and Bethany kind of like the twist idea. Mm, I can taste it now. I think I'm going for some ice cream tonight. Chocolate and vanilla twisted around. Mm, two in one. I gave Bethany an ice cream cone, and I said to her, I said, uh, I said, Bethany, all you have to do is two things. Hold it tight and don't lean it over. All you've got to do. Can you do it? Yeah, Dad, I can do it. So I gave her the ice cream. All of a sudden, she's bursting out in tears a couple moments later. She leaned over, and all the ice cream was on the ground. She's she's crying. She's crying. She's going bananas just crying. Because Robbie, I don't think I told her. I'm not sure, but maybe I think Robbie told her, Dad's not going to buy you another one. Big brothers can do that to little, little girls, you know, little sisters. Uh, you're not going to get another one. Robbie's licking his ice cream. <laughs> Bethany, <laughs> you're not going to get another one. So I saw her crying. So I went up to the window, and I bought her another one. And those tears dried up. She sat at the table, and she licked that ice cream all the way till the end. You know why? Mercy. All of us have dropped our ice cream, and all of us need the mercy of God. All of us. There's no such thing as a lost cause. And then Paul said we have a new motivation in verse 17. Look at this. This will knock the stuffings out of our complaints. From now on, Paul said in verse 17, don't let anybody trouble me with these things. For I bear on my body the scars that show I belong to Jesus. What is Paul saying here? He's declaring this. Think of this. That the cross has power to comfort him and sustain him in the midst of any scars, any pain, any suffering, or injustice. Paul isn't complaining about his scars and his pain and, his, and his, all of his inconveniences. He's not complaining. Instead, he's rejoicing here that the cross is enough to motivate and encourage him in every season. Paul is motivated by looking at Jesus at Calvary. He remembers what it cost for his salvation. He's so overwhelmed with gratitude that he cannot murmur. He doesn't grumble. He doesn't complain. And here's what we discover. Here's, what we, here's the takeaway. The one takeaway from verse 17. The cross has more power to make us grateful than our pain has to make us resentful. Let me say it again. The cross has more power. When you look at the cross, when I survey the wondrous cross on which the Prince of Glory died, my richest gain I count but loss and poor contempt on all my pride. What happens when we survey the cross? What happens when we look there tonight? What happens when we partake of communion tonight? It's very simple. The cross has more power to make us grateful than any pain of our pain has to make us resentful. When you think, when I think what Jesus did for us, it's really not bad what someone else can do to you, what your neighbor, coworker says about you, nasty note that someone may send to you. It's nothing in comparison to what God has done for you and for me at the place called Calvary. 
Paul was so grateful that God, God didn't give him what he deserved that he was motivated to take up his own cross without complaint. Why is the cross good news tonight? It's pretty simple. The cross means that we can approach God without fear and God can look at us without displeasure. Isn't that good news? We can look to God without shame and God can look at us without anger. That's good news. We can look to God without sniveling and God can look at us without embarrassment. That's good news. We can look to God without reservation and God can look at us without consternation. We can look to God without hesitation and God can look at us and does so without delay. We can look to God without guilt and God can look at us without judgment. That's good news. We can look to God and partake of communion tonight and God can look at us as fully accepted in his beloved son without spot or wrinkle, washed, clean, and forgiven as white as snow. And that's good news tonight. Good Friday is good because Good Friday is about good news. How many of you thank God for good news tonight that your conscience is clear, the grace of God is sufficient, and when sin abounds, where sin abounds, grace much more abounds. Tonight we're here for one reason, to rivet our hearts on the cross where Jesus died to prove that how much he loves us and how his grace is free grace. Can't earn it can't deserve it. We can only receive it. Would you bow your heads in a word of prayer tonight just for a moment? Every head bowed, every eye closed just for a moment. We're so grateful that you're here tonight. God is here. The Holy Spirit is here. Jesus is here in the person of the Holy Spirit. And maybe tonight you're not absolutely positively sure you're born again of the Spirit of God. Maybe you once knew the Lord and you've slipped away, you've drifted in your relationship with the Lord. And maybe tonight God may be speaking to your heart and is drawing you to himself through good news. God has not forgotten you. God has not forsaken you. God hasn't written anybody off here tonight. And if you're here and you're not absolutely positively sure you're born again of the Spirit of God and and tonight you'd like to pray and you, just in your seat, just between you and the Lord, you're willing to say, Jesus, come into my heart and be my personal Savior. Or Jesus, restore me to yourself. Restore me. Draw me close to you, Lord. Help me to apprehend, comprehend. Help me, Lord, to receive, reach out and say yes to you, Lord Jesus, tonight. If that's your, if that's your prayer tonight, you're willing to say, Jesus, come into my heart. You need to do that. You feel you need to do that. If you feel you need to do that, I just want to agree in prayer with you tonight. If that's you, would you just slip your hand up and hold it up for a moment just until I can see it. Anyone here tonight, you're not absolutely positively sure. You're born again of the Spirit of God, but you're willing to make sure before you leave this house tonight. Just hold your hand up just for a moment until I can see it. Anybody here? Don't want to miss anyone. Lord, thank you tonight for the grace of God. Thank you, God, not by works which we have done, but by your mercy you have saved us. Thank you, Lord, for the freedom you've given us in the cross. Thank you, Lord, for a new heart and a new peace. Thank you, God, for changing us by the grace of God from the inside out. And God, give us a great motivation. Help us never forget what you've done for us so that we can live for you without complaint. We trust you for it, God. 
We need your grace. We always need your grace. Grace to get in, grace to stay in, the grace of God to walk with you, Jesus. Tonight, we are grateful, grateful, grateful. In your strong name we pray, amen.